Hey mama, I want to invite you to something. I am hosting a free anger management bootcamp on the podcast, May 13th through the 17th. Monday through Friday, there will be a new episode released teaching you where anger comes from and what goes on in your brain when you feel intense feelings, how to lower your stress and increase capacity levels as a mom, how to shift your mindset to align your actions with the mom that you want to be, and how to break generational anger patterns. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a day and sign up using the link in the show notes so you can get access to the episodes as soon as they drop and an email summary of the daily trainings, as well as access to a live Q&A call on the last day of the bootcamp. Invite one or three of your mama friends so they can learn how to manage their emotions well too. Link to sign up is in the show notes. I can't wait to see you in there. Let's get back into this podcast episode. Do you feel like you're failing in motherhood? One of the biggest reasons you feel like a failure is because you believe that you need to do it all. This is just a limiting thought that is creating so much stress in your life. It's holding you back from having peace and calm in your day. What if there was an actual way to let that go and create the freedom in your schedule for me time guilt-free? And even more importantly, what if you showed up most days for your family feeling grounded, calm, patient, and present? How quickly would your family notice the energy shift? How amazing would it feel not to be in an overreactive hot mess? How differently would your home feel with more peace and calm? Imagine your days starting with some alone time and your kids giving you that space. Imagine how quickly your patience would increase if you had daily time to feel restored. This can be your new reality when you transform your way of thinking and change some old ways that are not serving you, which is exactly what I teach in my one-on-one coaching program. I help you ditch your negative mindset so you can daily create alone time to feel restored, guilt-free, have healthy boundaries with your family, ask for support without feeling like a failure, model to your kids emotional regulation, process and release negative energy in a helpful way, and calm your nervous system to create more calm. If you are ready to stop feeling miserable and start feeling supported and restored and have the emotional capacity to support your kids when they're struggling, then send me an email with the word coaching to get started or book a discovery call with the link below. Let me ask you, friend, are you about to have a baby? Or do you know a friend or a mama in your circle that is about to have a baby? Today, I invited Sarah. She is a postpartum doula and she supports new moms and moms that just had a baby in their postpartum season to make it easier and simpler with less stress, less overwhelm. Don't we all need this? I remember having my first baby and things felt so hard and challenging postpartum. And I've actually shared my story in this episode where I had a postpartum doula and how that made my transition easier. So without further ado, tune in. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Hi, friend. I want to welcome you, Sarah, and tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got here, and like, what is your mission to help moms with? 
Yeah, sure. So hi, I am Sarah Marie Bilger. And I really came into this space because when I first entered motherhood, I was really just seeing like a lack of talk and a lack of, you know, that conversation around just what's going on with our bodies and what changes are happening. And I felt like a lot of the times the focus was immediately to baby. Like we switch into this postpartum realm and all of a sudden baby's here. And now it's, you know, what is baby doing? How's baby feeling? And us moms are just kind of left feeling, well, what about us? Like when you're pregnant, most of the time people are like, what do you need? Like, how are you? Like, how are you feeling? Everything's kind of like more of a concern with mom. And then, you know, we, we enter this area that, you know, if it's a, a child, like if it's our first time pregnancy and postpartum period, then, you know, it's your first time experiencing any of this stuff. And, you know, we all know, typically it's that six week postpartum visit And there is a lot of time and a lot of thoughts that happen in those six weeks. So, you know, me coming into it, having all these thoughts and just wondering like, what in the world is going on? I felt really called to want to, you know, do something about that and really make a difference in that postpartum period for new moms. And so I sought out resources for myself. And in doing that, I've really just enjoyed sharing what I have found with other moms. And now I have two kids. I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And it has just been, you know, a journey of discovering stuff about myself and being able to help other moms in the process. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, I have four kids myself and I've had two C-sections and two home births. And my two home births were second and third delivery and they happened to have complications. So I needed a C-section with my fourth, but with one of my home births, um, part of the package that with my second home birth was that you got a postpartum doula for 12 hours. Um, And you could split it into like, you know, I think it was like three or four different times, you know, and she would come and help out postpartum. And I like, so my husband just became a flight attendant at that time. I had my third baby, you know, he was gone so much and just having that person that would just come in and just literally sometimes she would just sit there and listen to me just cry and vent and just like share the struggles. Uh, She did some of the housework, you know, so that was super helpful too. But like before I, like, I didn't even know that was a thing postpartum doula. And actually for a while, I felt like I wanted to be a doula myself and specifically postpartum doula. And then I got into like this whole emotional wellness (laughs) journey and like I got redirected a little bit and um, so I wanted to like have you share about like what is a regular doula, like a birth doula, and what is a postpartum doula? What's the difference? Um, and like let's talk about that. What do they do? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, very obviously speaking, a birth doula is going to be there to help you prepare during pregnancy, and then they are going to assist you and be there for you during your birth. A postpartum doula is the aftermath of it all. They don't show up. They don't start to, you know, come into the picture until that postpartum period. Typically you're going to have an initial kind of discussion before the baby is there to try to figure out, you know, a schedule that you'd like to be on. Obviously we don't typically know when baby is coming, but you can kind of be like, oh, the first week, like I want somebody there these nights, this time and such, and try to get like a schedule in that sense. But also just kind of trying to figure out like what you need help with or where you would like your your doula to best serve you. And I think that's something that as the mom, you have to really dig deep and try to figure out like what you think you would need in that time. And the doula is there to be by your side. Like you said, like sometimes it was just talking and then there's also housework. Like I say, I can pretty much be there doing everything, but I do not clean bathrooms and I will not babysit. So it's not someone that's like going to come over and watch the baby while you like go out and do things. It's more so they're showing you maybe how to swaddle the baby or just like a better way to get baby down or, you know, they're feeding the baby while you're going and sleeping or they're just, you know, folding some clothes or doing some, you know, house cleaning and stuff while you can just focus on what you need most, which is healing your body and bonding with your baby. And I think that's where it really differs because they're there in the, you know, afterbirth experience and they're there to really help just kind of be a sounding board and to have somebody, I mean, with my clients, I say, I am at your call, like, you know, for those first 12 weeks, like you can utilize me as much or as little as you'd want, text me, call me, whatever you feel you need. And if I don't know the answer to what you are looking for, I will find somebody that does, or we'll work through it together. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that. And just like giving clarity, kind of like what does um, a postpartum doula does for me, I feel like having the emotional support was like the biggest thing that I needed yeah. for somebody to literally just listen to me for me to just like cry and vent and it being like a safe space. And, um, that was like super, super helpful for me. So why do you think most moms lack support postpartum? That's a tricky question. I think a lot of the times we don't realize how much support we're going to need once it physically comes. I think, you know, culturally, societally, we are kind of conditioned to believe, you know, we need the right bassinet, the right swaddle blankets, the right bottles, and all these material items. And we aren't really informed on the mental and emotional side of the postpartum period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like until you go through it, 
oftentimes you really don't realize what kind of emotional roller coaster it is. It really, really is with like hormone changes. And just, it also depends uh, what kind of baby you get. Uh, sometimes babies are just chill and they sleep well and they eat well. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. This is bliss. And then sometimes you have that first baby and the baby is colic and has tummy issues and never sleeps and you feel like you're you lost yourself you're just yeah. a completely different person and i okay so speaking of that what do you think moms need most support in is support in? is it their physical like support like doing things for them or showing them how to do things is it emotional support right or is it like mental support because of a lot of like negative thoughts that creep in and anxiety and stuff yeah or all of them like what do you feel I, I was like, going to say I think one. all of them and I think it's going to differ from mom to mom but generally it's going to be just having somebody that has how to say this um, like a sounding board for them and to really just like a non-biased opinion on just what they're feeling. Because I think a lot of the times you are nervous or scared, like nobody wants to hear me. Nobody wants, you know, to hear me complain about this or who do I ask this or where do I go from this? You know, you're not calling your, your doctor or anything to like these little things that maybe you're like, oh, like that's not important enough to call them or I'm not in physical pain. This is like, I'm just crying. I'm just here, you know, in the middle of the night trying to nurse my baby. And is it working? What is working? How do I do this? Am I doing it right? It's just all those thoughts that are like physically going through your head. And you're, you're just kind of new to the whole experience. So like, like we were saying too, you know, you don't know what you're going to need until you get into that period. So I think it's really just having a resource or a person that you can tap into when all of these questions come up and trying to lay them out beforehand. So when that you get to a situation that you've never experienced before. You're not just floundering around, like trying to figure out like, where do I go from here? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, especially with my, so my oldest is 11 and I feel like I struggled probably the most without him, with him. Like when I got, became the first time mom, and for biggest thing is like, you just don't know what to expect. Right. And then you also have this mom get like, well, I should know what to do. I'm like, you know, I'm a mom. And so it should be natural, but then you have all these problems that come up like breastfeeding and stuff like that. And then you feel so guilty for like failing at that, you know? And so I just want to like, say, to if you're a new mama and you're listening to this that like you yes you were meant to be a mom <laughs> like you were chosen out of all the women in the world by God to be your children's mom so you're meant to do this the thing is it's like you this you're doing this for the first time this is mm -hmm. all new and you're learning as you go and being able to like 
just listen to the podcast and also surrounding yourself with other women that are open and can share like the journey they experienced and being vulnerable with you, not to scare you, but be like, Hey, you like, you need support. You can't just do this all on your own. And like, even like hiring a doula, like I found having a postpartum doula was very, very beneficial. Like I should have have her had her even longer. I felt like I could have used her support even longer. Like, because it's not just the first six weeks that things are challenging. Like things can be challenging for longer than that, right? And so if you even can't hire a postpartum doula, well, by the way, like people say, hey, what can I get you for the baby? Um, Just say, hey, could you give me cash so I can hire help? <laughs> like a postpartum doula, that's like an awesome thing to ask for, by the way, just like hiring a service like that. But like, even if you can't hire one, just surrounding yourself with like friends and family that can support you and that will not judge you and like will offer that helping hand and like want to bless you in that way. Okay. So what would you say like is something that moms can do to prep like ahead of time to create more of a smoother transition to postpartum? Because I feel like some of it is like physical things, right? We have to have you know, things ready for the baby and for us, for like breastfeeding and all of that, like prep ahead of time. But like, I'm talking about like more than like just physical prep. Like what are, because that's something we all focus on, right? Like when we're pregnant, even like with midwives or even doctors or like online and baby shower, we all, we focus on all the things we need physically postpartum, like all the items, but we don't work focus so much on like mental and emotional prep, like for that transition. So what would you say are some tips to prep ahead of time, mentally and emotionally, like to have the transition be more smoother? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there are four main things that I kind of concluded that I think are vital in the postpartum period to navigating this time in our lives. And the way that I really like to remember it is that fun little song that kids <laughs> sing and it's head, shoulders, knees, and toes. So it's it's super simple to like really remember these four things and basically with our head we're we're trying to find things like maybe in pregnancy you can you can think of things that are going to be fun for you in the postpartum period that are going to keep your brain engaged and really let you still feel like there's something to do other than just caring for baby because that is going to be survival mode that is going to be you know, stage one of this postpartum period and to really find something to focus on to continuously jump out of that and give yourself like a sense of your own person would be, you know, like listening to a podcast like this, or maybe getting a book that you're really going to enjoy in the postpartum period and listening to that or reading that and just getting your brain to be off of that topic of like feeding, changing, sleeping, feeding, changing, sleeping, and really kind of making sure that your mental space is in check. Also, you know, practice 
activities like brain dumping or checking in with yourself, like mental body checks, things like that. And also even considering hooking up with a therapist or some sort of mental health professional that is going to be there in case there is anything in the postpartum period that you are just totally overwhelmed with. And there is just a lot of emotions that you need somebody immediately sometimes to just be like, Hey, you know, I was pregnant and now here we are. And I need somebody to talk to because there's going to be times that maybe you don't feel comfortable telling friends or family thoughts that come up. So really just keeping that head in check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, the next is shoulders. And for this, I kind of just use that as, you know, we need to learn sometimes to let it go and brush off our shoulders and really just sometimes it's a sense of letting the control go and letting mm. things happen that maybe we feel like isn't quote unquote perfect or, you know, you know, the way of doing it, there might be things that originally we had expectations of doing and now the tables have turned, things are different and it's not working out how we thought or, you know, what we expected. And so really prioritizing that and focusing on things that we can control is going to be a lot more useful in the postpartum period. So really just kind of like getting that squared away and saying like, what do I want to prioritize? And if that doesn't happen, what's a plan B? And and just sort of like playing through like different scenarios and, and getting used to being okay with somebody else washing the dishes or doing other household chores or being okay with like, you know, letting go of things. Like I say that first week, especially you're just like resting, laying in bed, not doing anything. So like maybe write down a list of like daily things that you do or monthly things that you do that are going to need to be done and stay like something to stay on top of while you're healing and resting. And then our knees, I say like, that's movement, like making sure your body's, you know, moving and staying engaged, whether it be even just, you know, like I said, that first week, you're just sort of resting and healing and stuff, but making sure like once you're able to like go step outside, even if it's just a walk, because getting outside, getting that fresh air, getting that sunshine, getting that vitamin D, that's going to really be so beneficial in the postpartum period. And you might feel like, like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is a big hassle. I got to get the baby all wrapped up maybe. And, you know, put them in the stroller. I got to, you know, clip this in here. I got to do all this. Like it might seem like a lot and it might take a really long time, but trying to just get some sort of physical movement in the postpartum period is, is going to be so beneficial because you're telling your body like, okay, like we're rolling here. Like we're doing something even like, you know, just stand up and sit down on the couch, even just a few times, like you're holding baby, you might be nursing. And I've also just kind of like 
enjoyed taking like a mental thought of like, oh, I'm physically moving. Like if you're sitting there and like you're nap trapped or like you're nursing, it feels like you're constantly, you know, with baby just sitting there. Maybe think about like, you know, a a favorite walk that you used to do or somewhere that you've been and mentally try to imagine yourself like walking through that space. And even that can really just get your brain flowing and help. And then lastly, we have toes and that I consider, you know, your self-care, your, you know, getting a manicure, like doing something like that. Like that's why I, I use toes as something to remember that by. And with our, our self-care, you know, that also just comes like maybe just getting ready and not staying in your PJs all day. Like maybe just throwing on a shirt that you feel comfortable in and you, you know, are not just in your, in your bra or, you know, like laying around, like just make yourself feel your, your, like yourself again, like that quote unquote, like normal. And I think it could be like little, little things like that. Like maybe if like you really enjoyed, you know, doing your hair, just try doing that. Even if you only have like a few minutes, just jumping in the shower and just feeling yourself again. I think that's a way that we can think of like self-care, like focusing on something that's uniquely you. Yeah, I really like, especially the last one, because that's a big thing that I preach um, to mamas um, when we're burned out and overwhelmed. That's usually the first thing that we let go of is taking care of ourselves. And then we feel resentful and bitter towards our baby and our family, right? Because we do everything for everyone else. And so I feel like for me, postpartum, especially with my youngest, like, you know, having already three kids and then having a baby, I felt like getting dressed for the day, at least shifting from pajama pants into comfortable leggings or like, you know, joggers and having a top that's not just like just wearing a regular nursing bra versus like a sleep mm-hmm. bra, you know, and having like an, a nursing top versus just walking around in just pajamas. And for me, it was, um, so I, I, I don't know if my listeners even know this, but I wear a hair topper. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Do you know what a hair topper is? So uh, my hair is usually actually super fine and thin and it, it gets really flat really quickly. And so a hair topper, it's like an oval shaped kind of thing that you clip on top of your head and it's made out of human hair. And so it's not, you know, it's not super big. And and so it covers the top of your hair. And so it looks like your hair is like, looks really nice. And, you know, like I'm wearing one right now, I wear them every single day and it literally takes 10 seconds to clip it in. And then you can just pull your hair back into a ponytail or, you know, it, it stays curly really if you like curl it and it gives you waves and it can just stay that way. Anyways, speaking of that, that is something that I would put on that like made me automatically right away feel like more normal, like, and myself, cause like hair, like when your hair is a mess, like you feel like a mess, right? <laughs> And then taking like a few minutes to put on, like do my eyebrows and put on some mascara. Cause like, 
I don't know about you, but makeup makes me feel a lot more put together. So hair topper, 30 seconds and makeup a few minutes and putting on some clothes. So less than 10 minutes in the mornings to get myself dressed and feel so much better like myself. And I feel like that was something that was super helpful for me not to kind of lose myself and like, you know, feel like I'm a disaster and Mm -hmm. a hot mess. And it helped having kids that were um, like the first two were able to at least like do some things for themselves, you know, and not like little, little ones. And I think like that, um, that pushes me into the topic of asking for help, asking for help, like your spouse, like maybe your mom, maybe your mother-in-law, maybe a friend, maybe a sister. Like, I think that is so huge. And like that transition period to make it easier or hard because like I had, my last one was a C-section. So I had four kids. My husband went back to work after a week and a half. And so it was just me and the four kids and it was summertime. So they were all home. I mean, it's like in a way easier. You don't have to like get them all out the door into school, but at the same time, they're all home, (laughs) you know? And so I, my sister would come once a week and she would help out. My mother-in-law lived 10 minutes away and she would take the kids for, I asked her, I'm like, Hey, can you take the boys like once a week for a few hours so I can rest? Anybody that ever reached out to me and said, Hey, what do you need help with? I'm like, here's a link to my meal train. (laughs) I had a meal train for six weeks postpartum, like the best thing ever, like for real. If, uh, if your friends or family don't create it for you, you create one for yourself. If anybody asks what you need postpartum, just send them the link so they can sign up. And so I had the link to the meal train for six weeks. I didn't have to make anything. It was so helpful. Every other day I had a meal brought to me. And so, and then I would say, Hey, do you could take my kids to the park for a few hours? That would be super helpful. And like, I, I knew that asking for help would make it easier. And I had to make that mindset shift instead of seeing like asking for help is a sign of weakness. And it feels like I'm failing that I'm asking for help. I said, I can either struggle, be overwhelmed, stressed out and reactive with my family, or I can ask for help and support myself and make things easier. And I chose the second one. And like, even though it felt uncomfortable at first, but the more you practice it, the more you do it, the more comfortable it's going to get. Yeah. 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 I completely agree. And maybe for that, if you feel like, oh, I couldn't possibly, you know, ask somebody to make me a meal or, you know, watch my kids, like just start small, like start asking like simple stuff, like maybe even just like you're still pregnant right now. And like, just get in the habit of like receiving and asking for help because you, once you start, I think like asking for help and seeing like people do want to help you, it starts to just become easier and you don't have that guilt. And then, you know, return the favor when you are, you know, further along or in a place to help out somebody else and, and see it like that. Like, you know, like, Hey, like they helped me in my first few weeks, like postpartum, like if they ever come to that situation or, you know, just with anything in life, like 
I want to give back to them or, you know, like seeing it like that, like, Hey, like I am in a state of receiving right now. Like I am in a state of healing right now. And I need to be able to be comfortable with relying on other people. And that's okay. And really just kind of like focusing and looking on it in that sense. Like, you know, if we were sick, like we would be okay with, you know, like letting somebody make us some soup or tuck us into our bed or being like, Hey, I'm going to watch the kids for a little bit. You go rest. But when it comes to postpartum, we're like, Oh, I'm not sick. Like I can do this. And sometimes like we push through or we really try to um, do all the things that we used to be used to doing. And as a result, like we just get overwhelmed and it's just unnecessary burdens that we bother ourselves with. So really like relying on other people and maybe you don't have like friends or family that are close. And that's when you can find like a doula service or even just like outsourcing things. Like maybe grocery shopping was the thing that you used to do all the time. Now you can, you know, because of things that have happened, like you can get groceries delivered to your door. Like, you know, maybe instead of making like a full elaborate meal that you used to make every night, you can just get takeout a few times, like really just kind of like shifting your priority, your priorities and saying like, Hey, this is just a moment in my life. This is just a snapshot of everything that we're going to go through. And like I said before, like you are just in that state of receiving right now. Yes. Give yourself grace in that season. Like you did not get to like having a baby overnight. Like it took nine months and it does take time to recover. And with my first one, oh my gosh, I was so dumb and stupid. I remember I, w- I had a C-section and I think I was like a few weeks postpartum. I'm like, I have to get my body back. Like so stupid, right? I was like in my early twenties, like, you know what I did? I started doing a video of insanity. So dumb. Do you know that workout? Insanity? Uh-huh. Have you ever heard it? I'm like, I was like 10 seconds in and I'm like, oh my gosh, no, I can't do it. And I, you know, like right away I realized I couldn't do it. And like, like, it's so dumb. Like, don't do this to yourself. Like your body needs time to recover, give yourself grace. And like, this is like kind of, um, I want to wrap up, but I want to touch on this topic of like your body and how it looks like postpartum. And this has been like a struggle for me because accepting my body that it looks very different postpartum, like that belly, those hips, those thighs, um, like everything just looks wonky and not normal, especially if you were a person who had a really kind of like cute and toned body before you had kids. Cause like I naturally had a really nice, like hourglass body shape that was like, look toned and never worked out, but it just looked good. And then I had kids and a C-section and the body looks like a wreck. And I did not like my body postpartum. I was mad at my body that it looked that way. And I really wanted to fix it. And I wanted Mm. it back to normal. And every time I would see myself in the mirror, I like, I just did not like, 
I couldn't be like, oh, I love my body. Like even now, like I'm not at a point where I, I'm like neutral now, but I'm not at a point like, oh my gosh, I love my body. And then like when I stopped nursing my kids, I would do these cleanses, not because like to get energy or anything. It was to punish my body, to lose the extra weight, get back to my normal pre-pregnancy weight. Not because I like wanted to help myself and support myself, but to punish myself. And so how do we, what's like a mindset shift perspective? It's all in our mindset, right? Like that maybe a phrase or a mantra that a mom can say to herself postpartum when she looks at herself in the mirror and she has this negative thought that like, oh, my body's so messed up right now. I'll never go back to normal. I look so ugly. What would be something positive that she can either write down on the mirror or a mantra she can repeat to herself every time she has that thought? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really tough because I think in those scenarios, I think it's just really bringing a lot of awareness to ourselves and to our thoughts. And I think just realizing like, this is a negative thought. And do I want to continue to stay in this narrative? Do I want to continue to say those things to myself? And I think it's just taking a second and saying like, how do I want to feel? And what do I want to say to myself? And if those thoughts that we're having aligns with that, then that's okay. But if we're like, whoa, I don't want to say that to myself. Like, would I say that to somebody else? Yeah, would what would I... you say to your best friend who just had right. a baby? Would you tell her, um, your body is ugly? Right. <laughs> you wouldn't, right? right? But we say that to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's just this, you know, self-talk, this, this self-hate. And I think, you know, again, just starting in like really small ways and just, you know, maybe you don't like your scar. Maybe you don't like how your belly looks. Maybe you don't enjoy what's going on with your breasts at the moment, but just take like a small portion of you that you do like, and just focus on that. And then just say like, you know, when you have that thought, like you look in the mirror and you're like, Oh, like I hate this. Try to like combat that back with like something that you do like and going back to, you know, like that self-care aspect, whether it is just like doing your hair, putting on a little bit of mascara, wearing like a shirt that you like, and really just providing yourself with more positive thoughts than the negative ones that are creeping up. And I will say like, I don't think it's a good idea to like, you know, bash at them and be like, oh, like, why am I thinking that? Cause I think that can like snowball effect. Like, you know, you're already having these negative thoughts and then you're like getting more on yourself. Like, oh, like, I can't believe I just like had another negative thought. Like, why am I saying those things to myself? Like, I'm such a terrible person. Like, I'm so bad to myself. Like, you know, and I think like it can really just snowball. So really just taking a second and being like, stop. Why am I saying this? And like, do I want to be saying that? And like, what do I really want? Because I think a lot of the times it's that whole concept of when you're like, I don't like this. I don't want that. I, I'm like, not wanting this, like, you know, like we're focused on the negative. And instead, if we can kind of like take that, like maybe make a list, there's like two sides. And if you're like, 
I don't like my belly. You know, how can we rephrase that to be like more positive and say maybe something like my baby was inside of my belly and it's beautiful. You know, like maybe we don't truly believe it at first, but if we try to replace those negative phrases with something that's more positive, when that thought creeps up in our head again, we can be like, oh no, like that's another thing. Like, you know, like be like, is that true? Mm. Like, is that really true? And it's not, it's a lot. (laughs) And like, I think another one, like for me is like shifting from a negative mindset, negative thoughts to gratitude and to like, look at your belly, like, oh my gosh, I hate my belly. And instead you say, I am thankful that my belly grew a beautiful, healthy baby. Yeah. I am thankful that my belly has grown four healthy babies. Like for me, four healthy babies And I am thankful for that. You don't even necessarily, I feel like going from like hating your body to loving your body, that's a huge, big leap that like takes so much work. But even starting out with like shifting from negative to like gratitude and just being, thank you, God, for allowing me to grow a healthy baby in my belly. And on the note of this, right before we close, I want to tell you this, mama, get off the freaking social media or unfollow anybody that makes you feel or mute them or whatever, anybody that makes you feel worse about your body postpartum. If you are on social media and you, every time you spend time on it, it makes you feel worse about where you are at, as a mom, like where, what you're doing as a new mom, like please protect your mental sanity and your mental well-being and emotional well-being, and please get off the social media. That is probably the best thing you could do for your family, okay? And so we're going to close right now, and I have um, kind of like one last question for you. What is one thing you want our mamas to walk away with that are listening to this? Mm. They are pregnant right now, maybe with their second, maybe with the first. I feel like most of the mamas that listen to my show already have several kids, but what is something that you want them to walk away with? Hmm. See, I feel like it's always so hard to like narrow it down to one thing, but really just you know, going back to that aspect of like, how do you want to feel? And like, are you doing the things to get you to that feeling or to that, you know, place? Are you taking small steps to really get you there? Or are you just kind of like sitting in this place of, you know, like, I can't do that. Or that's nice, but like, that's not me. And try to just like, you know, obviously give yourself grace and, you know, you are in a state of healing, but start to just think and dream about what you would like to see in this motherhood journey. And what you could be doing to really transition into that life to make it more aligned with how you want to feel. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, can you tell us where the listeners can connect with you and find you? Yeah, so you can find me. The easiest way to go from here to me is through my podcast, Entering Motherhood. And that is, you know, typically probably wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can find it. And then um, we are also on Instagram at Entering Motherhood, or you can find me specifically at Sarah Marie Bilger on Instagram or the website, which is enteringmotherhood.com. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate your time. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And if you have, please share it with a friend who just had a baby or about to have a baby so she can find the support that she needs. And speaking of support, did you know that you can support this podcast? In the show notes, if you scroll all the way down, there's a button that says support. You can click on it and you can choose a monthly subscription starting from $3 a month. And guess what? You get a special gift for supporting the show. I will send you a peaceful and calm morning meditation that I recorded and I'm pulling it out out of my paid program. And you will get that as a gift if you sign up as a monthly supporter of the show. I'll see you in the next episode, my friend. Hi, friend. Did you learn something new or found value in this episode? If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with one Christian mama friend who has young kiddos and could benefit from this message? Word of mouth is the best way to spread the word and grow this podcast. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, would you please rate and review on Apple Podcasts so I know that this content is helpful and I can continue to create more episodes. This is really the only way for me to know that you are blessed by this podcast. I'll see you soon, my friend. God bless you.